Welcome to the Nightcast, Catholic Youth Podcast. My name is Mark Angelos. We are recording today, January 7th, 2015. 2015. It's our first Ignitecast of the year. And joining me, as usual, is Mr. Miguel Arboleta. And uh, we have two new guests here joining us today for this Ignitecast. And you guys can introduce yourself. Well, I guess you could start with me. Hello, my name is Nathaniel Abarca. You can call me Nate. I am the cluster head from Winnipeg. Yes, from Winnipeg. Um... <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I mean, like, we haven't had somebody from out of town coming yet, right? You, are, you are the very... Yes! You are actually the very first I am the very first out of towner. That is great. So yeah, uh, Nate from Winnipeg. Um, I guess one fun fact about me. Um, I like turtles. How old are you, Nate? I'm 20. But twenty. I can be deceiving. <laughs> Watch out, sisters. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that was out of line. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Well, my name is Raya. I am not from Winnipeg. I'm from, from Toronto. And interesting fun fact about me: I am a total mama bear when it comes to them sisters. So. She is. Uh, Praise God for you. The mama of Toronto. <laughs> Nice. Oh my gosh. Okay. She is uh she has history. (laughs) Been here for a while. Let's just say. Decades? No. Centuries. Wow. In in CFC in CFC years. Centuries. Wow. Wow. We're measuring by CFC years. Centuries. Um and since this is the first Ignite cast of the year. How was your Christmas, guys? My Christmas was really nice, actually. Um, My parents actually don't live in Toronto, and I live usually on my own. I have a roommate, Elish. Um, But my parents came home for Christmas, and it was just really nice to have my family around. So, yeah, it was nice, peaceful. There was food. Beautiful. (laughs) Uh, I, myself, uh, my parents aren't from Toronto either. They're from Winnipeg. Um, but, uh, if you guys were at ETNC in 2013, you may, that was Eastern True North Conference. Eastern True North Conference, sorry guys. Um, this was in 2013 in Waterloo, which is in Ontario, it exists. Um, you may have seen a sharer at the Live Loud there saying they had problems with their family. (laughs) (laughs) No, hold on, that was me. I remember, I remember. That was me. Uh, my parents were actually... Uh, not in good terms at the time, but this is probably the first year in two years that we've actually spent Christmas together. Unfortunately, we weren't um, all together because my brother was actually still in school in Ontario. So at least me and my parents and yeah, and my dog actually got together. Um, but a very simple, very blessed, very elegant and small Christmas really. I love it. There's resolution. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, for myself, uh, I actually did not spend Christmas with my own family. Um, I think just actually the day of Christmas Eve, uh, my family left for Mexico. See, that's a, that's the funny part. So I was really, really right. Um, I, I was I was really um, really stuffed because 
we on. had. Why didn't you go to Mexico? Me? Yeah. I don't know. Just the schedule didn't work out, and my, I wasn't sure. So my mom's like, "You're not going to Mexico." <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh, wait, wait! No. Yeah. It never occurred to your parents that you're not jo- you're not joining them for Christmas. No, no, they but, don't care. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> because that's the thing. I was really stuffed in Christmas because on the twenty third, the night of the twenty third, that's when they decided to have the Christmas dinner, so that we could at least be together. So that was a good, a nice gesture. But the problem was, I was going to have another Christmas dinner the next day for Christmas Eve, uh, which I actually spent uh, with the Lapes. Uh, 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 they invited me. They're, they're a CFC family here in the... My, my former household head. Yeah, my former household head. So they invited me um, over just, just so I could be with someone for Christmas. And... Uh, yeah, you know, we had fun. We played some uh, just dance. Just dance. and we played some just dance. Yeah, to your videos. Oh, I saw that video. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, right. with, yeah, with Kujo, uh, my favorite uh, photographer. <laughs> just saying that right uh, now. Nah, it's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, he's not. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but but he's, he's a really good friend, and you know, I posted That's on. Why you guys dance together? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's always fun to dance with good friends. Even if you don't both know no how to dance, is. and uh, <laughs> no. <You're> Anyways, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, of course we will have Martin commenting on yeah. our fertility dance dancing, yeah. and <laughs> making it seem as though it is a pagan, not only a fertility dance but a pagan. I did not refer to it as a pagan. Yes, you did. yes, you did. I saw it. Is on <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. I remember. Yes, it is. <laughs> so if you guys want to see. I, go on his profile. Go on Nicholas profile. Add Nicolas or Bolet. Did you guys get any gifts for Christmas? I did. I did. Um, I got a few gifts from my coworkers. Um, Which? What? What's one gift that? Uh... One of my coworkers got me a perfume set. Um, and then my boss, she gave me a gift card to Yorkdale, and it was. Very generous. You can tell that you're really old just from the. CFC UBS, CFC UBS, CFC UBS. I don't know. A perfume like... set, and I got China. <laughs> I got <laughs> the China. <laughs> my goodness. Where's the Hot Wheels and the? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Christmas gifts again. A small family you get each other. Only a few things, but that's fine. I think the one that stuck out in my mind, um, and probably because I'm using it every day for about three months, is this 73 serving um, like case of protein powder. <laughs> yeah, it's actually marshmallow peanut butter flavored, so I mean, like, it's exotic, but it actually tastes really good. What? Protein powder. Protein powder, guys. That's an interesting gift, I think. Wow. You know. Well, yeah. the gave you must know, like, you very well, My mother. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, yes. you need it. It's yeah. she's, she's like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, you can get anything for yourself, but what do you want for Christmas? You know what? I just need more protein, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, she just gave you fish. Yeah. At least you, she did bring That's my omega-3 pills. What? Omega-3s, you get that in fish? No, I was like a slab of salmon. Yeah, it's okay. So give me omega-3 pills and say she wants. It's a weird gift. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, it's good. Yeah. Uh, 
I got the sombrero from Mexico. Hey. I saw. Hey. I saw that. Yeah, a sombrero. And when you mentioned your parents went to Mexico, it made sense. <laughs> yeah, they went to Mexico, so that was legit. Sombrero from Mexico. I think that's my favorite gift uh, for this Christmas. And yeah, you know, I, I got clothes. Uh, you didn't have chocolate. Oh, I got more clothes. I got you chocolate. Got chocolate, for sure. chocolate. Chocolate was good. It's good. Still, and uh, Nick yeah. mouth is watering right now. Actually, is that <laughs> discipline? Discipline. Yeah, discipline. Self control. Self control. <laughs> well, uh, my Christmas. I'll make it quick. Went to New Jersey. Got to meet a lot of the CFC in New Jersey. I was brought uh, because of an invitation from them, so I I didn't pay for my ticket, and that that in itself is already a Christmas gift, right? Um, it was good. Ate a few, uh, not a few, a lot of calories. <laughs> A lot. How how chicken, many how many chicken, cows? Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Wait. <laughs> what? Oh my god. How many did you eat? We ate. We bought a hundred. A hundred. Oh my god. And that was, we were like five how people. Much? How much is that? Oh my gosh. Um, I think uh twenty chicken nuggets is five dollars. Oh, oh my gosh. Goodness. So you basically had share boxes. One I actually share box I actually got top. to finish forty. Dang. Like that's, I was actually proud of myself at that. <laughs> you were moment. proud of that? I was! Oh my goodness. Finishing 40 chicken nuggets is not easy. That's like finishing my 73 servings of whey. <laughs> <laughs> 40 chicken nuggets yeah. equals 73 but servings of whey. One thing I noticed with their chicken nuggets is that it's 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 thinner than we have in Canada. Yeah. So I think that's one thing we have against So them. you ate not 20. Really. The fact that their chicken nuggets are thinner, but also our chicken nuggets are real chicken. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think it's true. True. Yeah. I didn't feel sick by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, went to New Jersey, did that, got back home, uh, and I think the Christmas gift that I got it was actually weird. My brother gave me a rocket raccoon mug from Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. A mug, and then uh, one of my chapter heads gave me a rocket raccoon bobblehead. Oh. Right. <laughs> and you know. What I, does that I, say about what you? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm a furry. And You're a furry raccoon. And furry monster. You're, You're a furry, sarcastic monster. He's not really a raccoon. He's, He's a monster. monster. Hey man, Mr. Rocket Raccoon fed it himself. He did. Yeah, that's true. He that's did. True. Which he is good. I actually, I actually never expected it. But I love, I love those things. Mm. They're just sitting on my desk. Um. So that was Christmas for me. That was family, and uh, yeah, it was good. I think everyone had a really good Christmas. I'd be surprised if you had a horrible. <laughs> Christmas. I don't think I, I've never had a horrible Christmas. Mm. So, yeah, that's true. It's always like, it's always good. Um, so, uh, we're gonna be talking about since we didn't do this is our ignite our last ignite cast. When was our last ignite cast? I think it was. Uh... I it was I think it was October. We didn't do yeah. one November December. Yeah. So in 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 uh, in lieu of, in lieu in lieu. In lieu. in lieu of that, <laughs> we're going to be, we're, you know, even though Christmas has passed, um, I think oh, we thought it'd be fun to just, you know, talk about the things that we, I, you know, because we, we, we really did want to do a Christmas Ignite cast, but everyone was just like, out. like Kevin's not even with us right now. He's in uh, Calgary. Calgary, exactly. Um, so uh, we're going to be talking about the things that we did want to talk about for December, November. Uh, so it's gonna be a you know a post Christmas ignite cast. Yeah. As a note, we did this topic because Nickel would actually he actually hates 
Santa Claus. <laughs> he despises the figure of Santa Claus because when he was growing up, he wouldn't get coal, he'd get myrrh. <laughs> and if you guys didn't know myrrh, myrrh um, in, in symbolism, myrrh is something that you give to someone when they, you know, are dying. Yeah, right? You know, like I think of... <laughs> Niccolo it hates Santa. It, it represented uh, the passion of, of Christ. That's what, yeah. as a baby, he was given murder. It symbolized that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm saying, man. Yes, Niccolo has a deep-seated hatred for Santa yeah. Claus. Like, how <laughs> bad do you have to be to not only receive coal? You're not receiving coal anymore, you're receiving... So you're not denying that you did receive murder. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. What are you saying? Because you're just... You're sneaking me right now, Martin. I'm not no. sneaking you. I'm yes, just you stating are. fact. And the fact is that you hate you know Santa. What? I thought, and if anyone uh, there, you know, is very empowered by the symbolism of Santa Claus, like how do you feel about okay, let's say Niccolo. Let's say sick kids, right? Mm -hmm. Sick kids, sick kids, you know, yeah. that do believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. Are you telling them that they're criminals for, for believing in Santa I'm not Claus? Saying they're you just crazy. you hate Santa Claus. It's just... I don't think it's necessarily the fault of children who believe in Santa Claus. For them to believe in Santa Claus. I know. It's the people but, that tell them. But the thing is, that's, yeah. not, that, that's not how Niccolo thinks. <laughs> how do you know how I think? You tell me these things. So anyway, <laughs> we're not going to conclude that. We'll okay. just leave it we'll as leave it there. Okay. Niccolo hates Santa Claus. First things first, when you guys were kids, did you guys believe in Santa Claus? No. Yes, up until around 13. 13? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I, what happened there? <laughs> I, I, I did believe in Santa Claus up to not 13, like, I don't know, 7, something like that. <laughs> because, come on, Santa Claus. Well, why didn't you believe, Raya, why didn't you believe in Santa Claus? Well, I grew up in the same <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking about like what I just said, it's a ridiculous <laughs> Why didn't you believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question though. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, I wasn't. So I grew up in the Philippines and I moved here when I was six. <laughs> okay, I understand. I think so, <laughs> just for the people out there who don't know, Christmas in the Philippines, you don't like go to sleep early so that Santa, you know, comes and well, It's whatever. a party. There's it's a big a, like, There's yeah. a party. You stay up till midnight and at midnight that's when you more. open all your presents. And then you eat more. Then you eat more. Exactly. So that for me, like you know, people would tell me stories about Santa when I was little and I was like, that's impossible. Probably because you're a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I was an angel. <laughs> I was an angel, okay? But it just didn't make sense because I mean I'm staying up till midnight. Nobody's coming down the non-existent fireplace. So it's <laughs> where would Santa go? It's in Philippines. Where would Santa come from? From the toilet the pipes. From the toilet right? pipes. So for me, it just didn't make sense. So did yeah. your parents ever tell you about Santa, or like they even try? I think they. I think my cousins tried to tell me about Santa, and I was kind of like, "Are you joking me right now?" So not your parents? No, not not really. Mm. I don't know. To be quite honest, it's probably just like something that was accepted into my mind. You know? <laughs> Did your parents tell you? Yeah, my parents told me. I mean, 13 is kind of a hard reality face kind of thing at that age, you know? Santa's so on me. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> I think, um... <laughs> well, like, 
you obviously around ten, like seven, eight. You kind of know, right? Yeah. That's but what I was thinking. At the same, <laughs> at the same time, I think my parents wanted to keep me in check, especially around that time. That's when like school like started to do more testing mm-hmm. around like the end of December, more assignments come around that time. Uh, I think it was more on last keeping in check. Um, otherwise, again, we came from a small family, so um, they might have wanted me to have the same um, like amount of presence that my friends would, right? It's just a small kind of family they're, they're, thing. It's a lie. Well, yes, <laughs> it was a lie, right? And it is on my part as well to keep them going on, you know, when obviously me and my older brother, Nestor, um, you know, yeah, I don't know, it's just manipulation. I guess so. I guess my parents snitched me, right? What was your reaction? Like, what, what, what? Can you bring? Can you do you remember that moment when you were thirteen? Uh, I think I was more on the lines of like, mom, be honest. <laughs> you and dad are Santa, aren't you? It's like, yeah, I guess so. It's like, and how did you feel? Okay, I I think. I was mature enough to be like, okay, I guess they're doing it for our benefits kind of thing, you know, to keep us happy kind of thing. But, I don't know, I just felt neutral about it. Did, like, it, did it impact you in any way? No. <laughs> so not in a negative way? I think I was did more happy because you? like, no, it didn't. Okay. I was kind of happy that they finally told me because I didn't want to receive two gifts from my parents. I was grateful for what I had. I didn't need any more. Good kid. Very what, are you going to roast me now? <laughs> Very mature. I'm not roasting anyone. Yeah. This is normal, Martin. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I believed in Santa until I was seven because, you know, he delivered. <laughs> yeah. No, as a kid, as a kid, that's what I was thinking, you know. Yo, the presents come out. There's Santa. You know, like it was, it was that, um, it was that simple in my mind. <laughs> like around seven, I was kind of like probably thinking to myself, this doesn't make sense, you know, like. You're saying to what two? Yeah. Like, what are you saying? I couldn't do that at seven. <laughs> no, MCA, you were very mature and wanted, you know, didn't want to hurt your parents' feelings. So, so you're saying he wasn't mature. No, I said he was very mature, so that's why he kept playing along. But then I was just like, but he wasn't playing along. I thought you said you played along. Around ten to thirteen, I was playing. Okay, well, that's three years, guys. Yeah, I was. I don't know. I don't know. But I was. I don't know what I'm saying about Nate. But I'm not saying nothing about Nate because I, I love this guy. Anyways, <laughs> he's touching uh, me right now. Stranger danger. But yeah. Apparently, he invited me into his home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, at, at one point, it just didn't make, the concept didn't make sense to me anymore, and I was just like, yep, most likely not real. Ask my parents, yep, you're not real. <laughs> so, did that impact your, uh, has that, has that impacted your faith in any way? Faith? Yeah. No, because really at that point there wasn't there wasn't really much faith to work with. Yeah, so you know, like early on, I mean, my faith right now affected by that absolutely not. <laughs> In some cases, I think some people might be affected by that. You know, you're lied to. 
Oh, like the whole yeah. disillusionment of, you know, your parents lied to you kind of thing. Or like at least like someone lying to you about some mm. some imaginary fairy mm. <laughs> doing good things, right? I think for it to have a huge effect on you, you must have believed in it a lot and you, sh- you must have made it part of your identity or something like that, <laughs> you know, like, you know, if you kept telling your friends, oh, I'm buddy buddy with Santa every single year and then suddenly you realize that Santa's not real, that'll break you. Your world, like, your world, but like, for one thing, you're ashamed to face your friends because you just told them your best friends with Santa, but that is not real. As okay, let's say theoretically, if you guys, you know, if you guys are called to be parents, right? Would you tell your child about Santa Claus? No, no, no. Why? (laughs) Well, for one thing, I don't think uh, Santa is uh, very Catholic. Santa Claus, at the end of the day, is kind of like a stranger, and you know, kids shouldn't talk to strangers. That is, you know, the best reason. The best. Of course. Yeah. Do you know Santa? No. Don't talk to him. Exactly. Okay. Start screaming at the mall. <laughs> My God! Nicholas gonna be that guy every Christmas, eating center, right by Santa Claus, shaking his fist with murder. <laughs> with murder. <laughs> you say this, Santa Claus. <laughs> Um, for myself, uh, why wouldn't I tell my kids? Uh, I would want them to grow up in a Catholic environment knowing that, just like what Nicola said. Um, plus they should should know that they have to be grateful for what they have, like their parents. Okay. Um, I wouldn't because, for one thing, I don't want to lie to my kids. I don't want to also propagate this notion that some like charity is from strangers you know i think like with santa claus they like this whole legend kind of tells kids that i don't have to be charitable other people will and it it doesn't make sense the whole point of christmas is to give right and i want them to learn that giving a gift is not santa claus's job it's human people loving each other that's why we give gifts Going back to Nate and Niccolo, you guys said that Santa Claus is not a very Catholic idea or, or, or notion. Can you elaborate more on that as to why well, Niccolo has this one? Well, actually, isn't, isn't uh, Santa pagan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> isn't he a pagan concoction? I don't know. Uh, right, okay. One thing's for sure. I, well, for, in, in my opinion, uh, what we have, the symbol of Santa Claus, as, as good and well uh, intention a symbol he may be right i think where we are right now it's gone to the point of like just marketing so it's not even uh, i think yeah, it's it, I, I i like uh, right worshiping Coca- idols now. coca-cola it's yeah it's, that's like they you know they if you guys can look that up because i don't want to like give up false information but i am sure you can find a lot about a lot of stuff about santa claus and coca-cola i'm not saying that coca-cola is evil i love coke this is not an advertisement in any way whatsoever, <laughs> but um, you know I think where Santa Claus, the symbol of Santa Claus, is at now, I could you could argue mm-hmm. that he might possibly be a pagan, pagan <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Keep, just continue. Just uh, yeah, um, 
really just how he's marketed. There's nothing Catholic about it. There's nothing, you know. Well, I mean, it's Christmas too. Like it's the 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 holiday, yeah. the actual reason for Christmas. I think he. It's not <laughs> Santa. Exactly. So. He gets more attention. Yeah. That's right. true. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's true. It becomes more about like what you get mm. and what you give mm. versus mm. Christmas, which is yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah. Xmas. Ugh. Yeah. Xmas. Actually, Xmas is still. It's still Catholic. It's still, it's still, it's still correct, still, actually. X. X means Chi. Which is the first letter in Greek of Christ's name. And Mus is. Old English for Mass. Mass. That's Christ. Not really. Alright, so. You know, don't get angry about those people saying Xmas is, is bad. It's okay. It's okay. Like, <laughs> theologically correct. It's theologically <laughs> sound. <laughs> so, good, good. Alright, so Niccolo, you wanna get... Okay, alright. So the thing is about uh, Santa is not really, uh, you know, is... I think where he was originally derived from really is, is from, from a saint, actual saint. And this scene, I'm pretty sure everyone knows, but yeah. they don't actually know who this guy is. But, Saint Francis of Assisi? No, yes, no, no, no. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So this saint, um, his name is Saint Nicholas, right? And the thing is, he has nothing to do with giving gifts during Christmas or going down chimneys, right? So that it has, it has nothing. Show. It has, so there is no association to the saint, Saint Nicholas. With any of those things, like reindeer or stockings or Christmas trees or whatever, no. The North Pole, St. Nicholas has never been there. Okay, so... <laughs> and also, uh, Mrs. Claus. Mrs. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Not a real person. Not a real person. Okay. It's, unless somebody is actually has a last name Claus. Yeah, we're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry for that. But yeah, so... Uh, St. Nicholas uh, is very close to my heart, you know, because uh, uh, to me he's just one of my uh, one of my most favorite saints. Why? Maybe for not for a good reason, but <laughs> 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 because you know he's someone that really loves God, you know, really loves the Lord. Okay, okay. To the point, to the point that at times he might be willing to hurt someone. <laughs> You know, like he he punched someone. He punched someone. So, you know, Santa Claus never punched anyone, but Saint Nicholas did, right? So <laughs> the story goes, right? Uh, I'm just reading this off, like a website. Uh, it says here, I'm just gonna read it. One of the most interesting stories connected with him, this is Saint Nicholas, was his role during the Aryan controversy. Uh, St. Methodius uh, asserted that thanks to the teaching of St. Nicholas, the metropolis of Myria alone was untouched by the filth of the Aryan heresy, <laughs> which is firmly rejected as death-dealing poison. Wow. He's a heretic Strong hunter. Words. He's words. an inquisitor. He's an inquisitor. So he defended the faith with his fist. <laughs> so, you know, Arianism <laughs> was declared heresy at the Council of Nicaea, which says here. And um, so yeah, so basically, the way I picture it anyways, there was a council, so the Pope was there and all the bishops, and St. Nicholas was there as a bishop, and 
one of the other bishops questioned uh, <laughs> the divinity of Jesus, right? And St. Nicholas just stood up, walked across the room, went to this guy, and then punched him in the face. <laughs> now, so, so th that's how the story goes. And then the Pope was like, okay, you can't do that. So what they did was they took away his office and then um, they threw him in jail, right? But then the story goes like this. The story goes like this. It, they said that um, he had a vision or uh, uh, Mary, where Mary and Jesus appeared to him, right? Mary and Jesus appeared to him and then they gave him back um, a book, a book, whatever they, they read back then or, or for the bishops as part of their, their office and, and the robes, like the bishop robes. And so the jailer comes back in during the morning and then, so St. Nicholas is sitting there reading his book with his robes on and the jailer goes back to, to the Pope and says, uh, this guy is like in the jail with all his stuff. And then so the Pope's like, okay, maybe we should give him back his office. <laughs> so the, the point of that story, like I, I haven't said the most profound thing actually. Because when um, Mary and Jesus approached him, it said that uh, it said Jesus asked him, you know, Jesus asked him, "Why are you here? You know, why are you in this place?" And he said, "Because of love of you, right?" And then that's that's when they made the exchange. And so I think, you know, that's why he's one of my favorites. I definitely like him better than Santa. But um, yeah, so you know, like to me. It's just funny because I think St. Nicholas, you know, Santa would be the type of person St. Nicholas would punch in the face. So, I don't know, like, you know, being, you know, taking, taking all the, this, this, uh, you know, spotlight from Christmas and all the true meaning and stuff. Yeah. Do you think Santa, I mean, not Santa, St. Nicholas um, took protein? <laughs> well. Are you a big man, you know? I, I don't know, but. If he had to go to jail for it, do you think he was a peanut butter marshmallow favorite? Did they even have marshmallows back then? <laughs> I don't know. Probably uh, gum paste. Gum paste. <laughs> gum paste. Whey. Oh, like not like the powder way, like like whey. Like no. you have to like sew it. <laughs> That's <laughs> nasty. <laughs> just eat it the raw way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah. Saint Nicholas. Saint John. Yeah. yeah. He punched Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. So. Punch Santa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Punch Santa in the face? Is that is that the moral of the story? <laughs> yeah, I think honestly if Santa and Saint Nicholas were in the same room, Saint Nicholas would punch Santa in the face. <laughs> Take his fake beard off. <laughs> yeah. We're sorry for anyone that has uh, realized that Santa is not real. Yeah. Sorry to break the news sorry. to you. I think we need a disclaimer. <laughs> we do. We we always have a disclaimer on the uh, on the description. You know. Sorry if we if this is groundbreaking, but and out of love for you, Santa is not real. You do not deserve to be lied to anymore. Look at punch in the face. <laughs> you won't. You won't. You, you won't. won't. <laughs> that or murder. Apparently, <laughs> it's either you get punched or you get murdered. <laughs> you get murdered. You get. Murder. Hashtag get murdered. Get murdered. <laughs> Alright, so 
Moving on, this past weekend was the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, and the gospel for that day was the story of the wise men. Okay, so the three kings, uh, no, or the magi, or the astrologists, or the astronomers, they're astronomers. So these astronomers, they are astronomers, uh, see a star, they follow it, well, wait, they, they present their proposal to the king. We need to follow the star because according to prophecy that this star will lead us to the Messiah, right? And as the story goes, the king wants the Messiah dead. I would say he funds them to go on this trip. And you know, it's a misconception that uh, as soon as Jesus was born, they were already there. It, it took months or probably weeks, if not months them to travel so by this time jesus was already probably you know either young toddler or possibly he, the fact is he wasn't it wasn't at the moment of his birth right i think yeah. niccolo can uh, yeah so i think uh, where i was going with it i just needed that foundation first um was that okay so through prophecy you know it's been said that you follow the star and it will you know, guide you to the Messiah. So here you are, you know, a bunch of wise men, astrologers, astrologers, astronomers, astronomers, astronomers. So you're gonna go through the desert. You know, you're gonna go through the desert, and you're gonna keep following the star until you see the Messiah. Don't know when. Don't know where. <laughs> Exactly. You know, there was some there was some knowledge, but exactly, exactly, they didn't know where, right? You know, like, let's go through, like, one day. One day in the life okay. of these, these uh, wise men. Astronomers. Astronomers. Okay, astronomers. These astronomers. So, you know, if we were the astronomers and we're going through the desert, you're the camel, actually. Okay, you I'm can't even move. You can't <laughs> even move during the day. Yeah, because it's so hot. You know? No, it's because you can't see the star during the day. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the least obvious. It's so hot. <laughs> you can't well, that no, that's true. That's no, true. Yeah, that's, it is true. It is true as well because true. if you can't, if you're under this, the the sun the entire time, it's like you're not gonna last too long until you need to stop anyway. I don't know. You can't okay, even... we'll go through this day. Yeah, we'll go through this day. So you're um, following the star. So what are we gonna get to eat? You, you know, can't. Uh... All right, I'll probably yeah. Because the thing is, we don't know how many they were. That's true. That's true. If they were like a large group of people. Which, you know, the, the way people traveled back then, they would travel in large groups. Like yeah. caravans. Yeah, a caravan, exactly. Either, I'm pretty sure it wasn't just them, they probably banded with an already existing traveling group of people. I think that's how it works. Practically. You, practically, practically that's how it should be working, right? Yeah. Like, you'd, you'd find, because if it was the king that funded them, I'm sure they, they weren't left to their own devices. That's true. Right? Most likely, they probably were with a caravan, probably mm -hmm. had food. But let's assume that we go by the traditional story. The traditional story. 
okay. you know, the three, three wise men, three wise men, all right? <laughs> three guys who have no experience, no experience. Of, of, of setting out. Yeah, astrologers. Astronomers. Astronomers. <laughs> These guys were the nerds of yeah. the ancient, <laughs> you know, world. They well, didn't yeah. know what they were, I, mean, I don't know if they would have basic survival skills. That's true, because if they, they're observing stars all the time, then I don't know so much if they have experience in the desert. So yeah. how would they yeah. count for the food? Yeah. I'm pretty sure three bodies carrying, <laughs> sure, like they could carry stuff, but it won't last them. If they were coming from somewhere around Central Asia. Well, if they had protein. It would have been okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dehydrated. Marshmallow, way, right? Marshmallow because that is yeah, so accessible in the ancient yeah. world. <laughs> yep. Cut it down. Cut it down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Plus carrying all that gold. Yeah. The mirror. The mirror. Most especially and the mirror. And the frankincense. Exactly. Right? Right? How did they keep the frankincense and? And the like ba bandits, the like, like bandits. Wait, no, bandits too, right? Right, gold. Right. Yeah. You know, How can you survive? Like bandits were everywhere in the ancient world. That's true, right? That's true. Like the Samaritan. There's there's a reason why Jesus talks about the Good Samaritan. It happens all the time, right? Yeah. So these guys, three guys, and we're going by the traditional, you know, story, dressed in like amazing clothes. And if they were kings, you know, they'd be headgear, right? Head all, all decked all out. All decked out. <laughs> you would be chopped by bandits. You would be chopped. The moment you step into the desert, bandits are all over you. Like, <laughs> it's like sharks that just smell blood. Like, okay, there's gold there. It's like in the Hobbit where they can smell gold. Like, um. How small no. can smell gold and yeah. is attracted to gold? So he follows it. Yeah. Like he can smell Bilbo's ring, right? I'm just saying, I just watched The Hobbit with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So like, those, those bandits would be like smug. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, assuming that they were, well, they, they weren't killed, right? right? They miraculously make it out of the desert. Okay, nightfall. Yeah. Happen. How can you see anything? Sure, the star, right? But. What makes you so confident that you won't cross what rattlesnakes, <laughs> canyon, Martin Angeles? Exactly. <laughs> if anything worse, Nicolò or Valletta. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I can't. Three guys as well. I'm pretty sure. And like, I don't know how their sleeping pattern would work. Mm -hmm. Like, accounting for the fact that okay, let's say that there are bandits in the morning. Someone has to keep awake all the time to like, you know, yeah. keep watch. The other two probably sleeping. But considering that the fact that they are astrologers, they have no... Astronomers. Astronomers. They have no... They have no knowledge, I'm assuming, of combat, self-defense. They have books, probably. They wouldn't survive. They wouldn't survive. They wouldn't so be the most practical people. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I, you know, I mean, like it's it's very unlikely. Unlikely that it was three kings or three magi or three three astrologers. They probably astrologers, had astronomers, assistants, assistants. They had an assistant, they had a bodyguard. They would have royal guards, yes. probably. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's assuming, like, this is our human understanding, right? Mm. So. I mean, okay, 
So you the, the, the you bottom, yes, yeah, do exactly. anything, right? Right. I mean, like, when has God ever really done the predictable human thing? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But looking at the perspective of the practices of travel mm-hmm. at the time, I'm sure Herod, who wanted to see the Messiah, wouldn't wanted, wanted in quotation. Yes, wanted to see the Messiah. Wouldn't just send three guys unprotected into the desert with nothing. I'm pretty sure he wants them to live. And I'm assuming that Herod did not have any knowledge of the fact that they were being guided, that they were being assisted. So I'm just putting it out there. I'm pretty sure that they, it wasn't, you know, three people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's my, yeah, so I, it's yeah. just so unlikely. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, true. okay. True. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so let's say they do make it to their journey. They get to Bethlehem. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) After all of that travel, they get to Bethlehem. How do they find the exact spot, not get the wrong child? (laughs) And, and, you know, just just really, it's a town. It's It's not a big town, but the fact is they were able to spot how do you explain that? Good question. <laughs> it really must have been a special star. That's they, true. The spirit of discernment. They had the gift of discernment. Yeah, good. Or I mean, like, given that everything was really pretty much against them, practically speaking, mm-hmm. like, there had to be divine assistance. Well, there, um, there already there has, was. There, there already there has, was. Like, there definitely has to be divine But I'm just wondering also, how that like, acted out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's say they did get to their house, the right person. They knocked at the door, right? Teenage mom comes out. Child. <laughs> I'm not, it's true. Yeah, right? it's true. It's true. Teenage mom comes out. First reactions. What would it be for them? And Mary's perspective, a bunch of people knock at their house, dressed up, pretty sure they wouldn't dress up as nice as they were we'd see in like paintings or statues. They probably look like hell. <laughs> I mean, they did just travel through the desert. You <laughs> for know, a few weeks. For a few they, weeks. They probably look scary. <laughs> Jesus was the season, was like, Mom, look! <laughs> look at them. <laughs> right. Like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. First things first. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Mary would have, you know, knowing her, she probably would have let them in, asked if they were hungry, asked for ID. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you people? What are you guys doing? Why are you giving myrrh to my child? (laughs) Wait, what's the myrrh for? What did she say? What's what's this for? But I'm I'm not sure, she probably would have known why, Mm, you know, but I mean, it's a funny situation. Right. But regardless, the whole point is that um, looking at the story, regardless whether or not how it happened or um, the way it happened, I think there's a certain lesson that can be taken. Yeah, I think it has a certain significance to the faith. Um, you know, uh, just looking at the, it's actually in Matthew. Um, the entire, the pretty much the entire story is in, is in Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 1, 2, um, 12, yeah, 
but uh, we'll just look because we discussed the, the whole story kind of uh, we'll just look at the last part probably we'll, um, we'll uh, look at 11 and 12 it says here and going into the house they saw the child with his mother Mary and falling to their knees they did him homage then opening their treasures they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh but they were given a warning in a dream not to go back to Herod and return to their own country by a different way. So, you know, you, you can kind of see there uh, the significance of this in the, is believed in our faith that, um, you know, they didn't go the same route, you know, as, as, as they did going there, right? They went a different way. And I think for each and every one of our um, personal journeys with um, with God, you know, that, that encounter that we have with Him, that when, remember that, you know, that first time that you really had that encounter with God, you know, for us here in community, it could have, it could have been at our camp or, or some event or something like that, but, you know, the, that you really felt convicted and it was so clear to you that God loved you, you know, and, and you worshipped Him, you know. And then the thing was, after something like that, after something like that, you know, after something like that, you kind of never um, take the same route, you know. You're kind of transformed, you're kind of changed, and you, you, you go another direction, you know, uh, uh, away towards, towards Christ, right? And the thing is, uh, you know, if, if you look at this factually, you know, obviously they had a dream because there's nowhere they're going the same way back because Herod's going to have his way, right? But, you know. That's really, uh, I think that's a symbolism there, that once you meet Christ, you know, you never, you're never the same. You're always, you know, you're always taking a better path. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, and I think it really speaks in um, humility for the three kings, the Magi, three astronomers. Yeah. You know, they're really smart people. They're really, you know, they would have been really rich people, decked out, whatever. Um, if you look at the whole passage, um, you really see that, above all things, they're very in tune with the will of the Lord, right? With the will of God. You know, they saw the star, and immediately they knew they had to go, right? Without question, they knew, right? And, you know, speaking about, you know, that nighttime, how they get here, how they get there, food wise, how they get it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they're very in tune with God's will that somehow, that they already knew and they already made the way to prepare themselves for the Lord, right? And returning uh, and being warned in the dream to return to Herod, they departed from their country by another way. Even then they knew that they weren't supposed to go back to Herod. They didn't know what Herod's plan was, but they knew they weren't supposed to go back, right? You just see how firmly in tune with, um, with God that they are, that um, they're very humble and very meek and what they know, what they don't know. They just know that to seek Christ in all things, which is really the definition of Christmas, you know? We can definitely travel with the, the Magi, right? Really seeking Christ, really being in the will of the Lord, you know, walking hand in hand in His will. And in the end, not going back to sin and temptation, not going back to Herod, but going in a different way that is better, that will enlighten the people that we meet hand in hand in the future, right? Yeah, I mean... Binding off of that a little bit, like for me, 
in this like passage, God is so active in leading um, and reaching out to the kings or the wise men, astronomers, etc. Um, they like God. You can see him acting out so much in love. The wise men may not even know, like on the way there to meet Christ, that this is God acting in their life. And it isn't until they meet Christ that they have more awareness, like that God is more um, visible via you know dreams. Really, like in the beginning, they're just following a star, a very special star. And it isn't until they meet Christ. I mean, how much trust does that take, right? How much trust does that take? And you can really see that God loves so much that he's not just going to let them wander in the desert or he's not going to lead them to the wrong house. They want, God wants them to meet Christ. And it's very specific. It's very detailed on how all the pragmatics of how they're even going to get to the Christ. I mean, a million things could have gone wrong, but God did not let them go wrong because he loved them so much. And, you know, I think, you know, God, God's definitely in control, you know, in everything that was happening. You know, it doesn't matter what the pragmatics are. I think, I think looking at it as a whole, um, what we've talked about, right, the, the, the story of the, the Magi, but also the story of St. Nicholas, right? I think overall, um, for, for our listeners, right, uh, hopefully the youth, <laughs> even if you're not youth, you know, if you're, if you're an older, older uh, individual, I think really looking at those stories much deeper and much more meaningful, we could really get a sense of the fact that, you know, they, they, it's a very relevant, it's a very relevant aspect uh, of our life that we can really tap into. And I think for youth, most especially, you know, looking at, okay, looking at the story of St. Nicholas. That, in terms of, in relation to the story, yeah, you know, um, I'm not condoning violence. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying, oh, if someone doesn't believe the same thing you believe, then you punch them in the face, right? But the thing is... Um, Salt. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But, uh, you know... Um, I think it's it's important that really uh, we something we can take from it is that we have discipline in terms of uh, really getting to know our own faith. You know, um, the thing is that I think one of the challenges is really that a lot a lot of us are, are not really grounded. You know, uh, not to say that we have to know every single thing because there's a lot to learn. But you know, um, I think we have to have discipline in um, really pursuing, you know, like reading, um, you know, read a book. That's yeah, actually, right now, uh, we have books with us. I actually, well, since you mentioned book, I think it's, you know, we'll do a quick, uh, we'll do a quick, uh, book, book, uh, book club. So right now I got with me, I just picked it up, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, for nine bucks. So uh, it's worth picking up. If you guys don't know what the catechism is, we've already mentioned it before, but it's basically the, the, the entire teaching of the Catholic Church compiled into one document, or in this case, a book. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I have. And I, I was reading the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I really want to pick it up, but I think I'll just pick it up on Amazon because it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. 
How much was it again? This one? The yeah. catechism? Catechism with the This is $9. $9. It's yes. also free online. On the free online. Yeah. Yes, but I want the book. Mm -hmm. I want to have it. $9. Exactly. $9. Yeah, well, I got the catechism. I, it was gifted to me um, over Christmas. That was one of the other gifts I got. It was a really good gift. And um, I have a UCAT already. But Which is? A, the youth version of, of the, the catechism. catechism. UCAT. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, those are the two books I have with me right now. Um, I don't have the Catechism Catholic Church on me right now. Uh, it's at home along with my UCAT, but I do have it open on my laptop as we're speaking. What, what books do you read? Any books? Sorry? Do you read any books? Do I read any books? Oh, uh, let's see. Like, I've been going here and there within the, the Jesuit Guide to almost everything. I think Favorite you, book? Yeah, I think. Kevin Wico, Nichols read Nichols one who actually recommended it to me. It's my favorite book of all time. Yeah. Um, the Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. Uh, there's that. I just picked up The Imitation of Christ. I think me and my brother are going to start um, referencing that here and there. It's a pretty dense read. I mean, if it's your first, if you're just like getting into the whole youth thing, I don't really suggest the imitation of Christ right away. Yeah, we're, uh, what we're talking about right now, because we're talking about discipline and how to grow mm -hmm. in your faith, I think. Oh, growing in your faith? Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things <laughs> in the later stages. But to begin with, I think it's really good to know your rules really what? about things. Yeah. Yeah. Any books you're reading, Nicole? I am trying. <laughs> I am trying so hard to go through uh, two books actually. Uh, the theology of the body. Bro, the, we're yeah. in the same yeah. boat. Yeah, it's, it's so. It's it like is dense. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Like, By Pope John Paul the Saint. No, uh, Saint. No, yeah. Even me, what I'm reading right now is the commentary by Christopher <laughs> West, and it is still. It's not even the actual. It's not even the actual book, and it is like trying to chew on bark from a tree <laughs> because. My mind is, you know, I can I understand English. Is, is that the copy yeah. that you have to write? No, I have yeah, the actual theology with, 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 no, by, by, by St. John Paul. Yes, John Paul yes that yeah. is the one. It is difficult to get through. Um, I have to, like, have my coffee and, <laughs> like, bright lights shining. Like, it, it really is a study. Yeah, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm gonna get the beginners one. I'm gonna get the beginners. Then I'm gonna read that first. Uh, begin theology of the body for beginners because that's how for, it, for those that don't know what theology yeah. of the body is. Can you like summarize it? Okay, first? so pretty much it is. Um, it it it's a teaching. Uh, I'm not so knowledgeable on the where the it specifics, came, but the specifics, a general but, a general. But um, it, it was written by um, Saint John Paul. Uh, the second, and it's really about um, the body in a sense that, uh, you know, there's a lot of confusion about the body, because that's the thing, like, uh, a lot of people, especially nowadays, um, we're thinking the body is bad, and the soul is good, but the thing that we don't understand is that we are not in a body, we are a body, so in a sense that, you know, it's... Us know, as a people. Us as a human, okay. you know, is a union between body and soul, meaning the body is not bad, you know. You do not sin because you have a body, you know. It, 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 that's not 
part so, of So in general, it's about the human body. It's about the human body. In the body. context of the Catholic, in, yeah. Yeah, Catholic faith, the Christian lens. Yeah. Sort of. So, so it, essentially, it's a study of the body as God has designed it, God mm. created. Mm. And, you know, if you look at Genesis, God said, mm. we are good. Yeah. Essentially, when he made man in flesh, we are good. Yeah. So that's the basic foundation yeah. of theology of the body. Yeah, that, that one's the basic foundation. Because the thing is, um, I'm like having a hard time even reading the commentary. So I think I'm going to go to the beginner's one. And the thing is, but I do like reading stuff from uh, uh, St. John Paul. Like the other one, the other book that I'm reading in conjunction with it is um, uh, Love and Responsibility. And he wrote that as well. And really that even that itself is you know like your mind is just <laughs> it, it, it's getting squeezed right but the thing is um, you know he has a lot to say about love you know he has a lot to say about love and you know no one can ever say that just because you know um, someone's religious or they're not married that they don't know you know about love because who knows he's it's amazing. Like the, the books are amazing. So so for anyone out there that is interested, before anything else, do you guys consider yourself book readers beforehand? Uh, I am. Yeah. You're a book reader? Uh, You're not a book reader. I wouldn't say so. I read more of my stuff online, especially because a lot of things yeah. are online. I'm not um, a book reader as well. Like another thing that I also read as well is like one of the people encyclicals by Benedict the Sixteenth. Oh my gosh. Um, Wow, well, it's so holy. <laughs> no, it's just one thing that stuck at, stuck out. It's called Deus Caritas S, God is Love, mm-hmm. and it's it has some things about theology of the body too. It goes into agape, eros, and yeah, all that stuff. So it's an abridged kind of version between mm-hmm. um, TOB, theology of the body, and how um, you know how everything comes into the source of God, and that's what it really focuses on. But yeah, it's another thing. Okay. Any um for anyone that you know they wouldn't really consider themselves a reader, but they would like to uh, ground their faith through books, mm-hmm. right? Which is you know always a viable option. Um, are there any good books that you can recommend to start with? To start with, yeah, to start with the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. Um, for any of the okay. I'm a sister, okay? And I love my love stories, okay? So for any sister that is looking for a beautiful love story, check out Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. And it was when when I was really um, early in my faith, um, one of the first books I read, like that had a faith theme to it. And like, it, it's basically, it's a love story between, um, uh, a very holy good man and a prostitute and this this man is very like just to give you a summary very holy very led by the lord very very good in every sense of the word and because his love was so in tune with with god and is so very godly his love actually redeems the heart of a woman um, and leads her closer to God's love. So if you want, like, I'm not going to lie, I cried. So don't judge me. I cried by the end of it. Um, because it wasn't so much about the relationship. It was about how the woman's heart got to know 
that God's love was real, right? So for this, for those sisters who can't resist a romance novel, that's for you. So all of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know this might not be the most, uh, the easiest, easiest, but the thing is, uh, it's good. I think it's good to know more about your faith and why we do things. So I think uh, one of uh, the books that I think you know someone could read uh, is uh, Science of Light uh, by Scott Hahn. It talks about uh, like the sacraments, sacramentals, why we do it as Catholics. And, um, I say you know you can pick it up and read it because it's not really so so heavy in the sense that you know like I mean it's separated you know oh this is why we do this and this is why we do this so it's not all one thing getting tied together well it is but you know it's yeah yeah for myself i would most likely refer to the desert guide to almost everything just because it's based on their um their retreat thing called the examine where saint they, ignatius saint, saint ignatius examine yeah um and really it even tells you in like the beginning that you're gonna go on a journey. So I mean, and it's it's not just for those people who are religious or not even like a little bit religious or even atheists. It's for any religion really um, to really look into yourself, right, and relate to what God really wants for you. Yeah, that's one thing I found interesting about the book is that yeah, uh, it's written by Father James. Yes, James Martin. And then, you know, it stood out, you know, this is not for, if you're in any level whatsoever, if, whether you be, you know, very, very, like you said, very, very, very religious, somewhat, not really, or probably not even religious at all, I can, I can vouch for Nate. Yeah, this is a really good book to read. And it's very easy. It's very easy to read. It's very easy to read. And, and, and uh, Father Jesus is very funny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's um, besides that, suggesting digital guide, uh, I think what I would, if you're interested about, if you're a very intellectual, if you consider yourself someone like, you know, a very intellectual person, maybe that might be something that's stopping you from fully, uh, you know, because I think that's that's who I was. Um, I, I would suggest reading uh, Michael Corrin, uh, Heresy. It's a book called Heresy, Michael Corrin. Of course, Corrin. of course. Um, talks about Has uh, misconceptions, <laughs> misconceptions that uh, we have of the Catholic faith. Uh, but Michael Corrin really uh, simplifies it. Very humor. humor. It's a very humorous book. Um, and one thing too is that he's Canadian. So a lot of Canadian-isms are in that book as well. He's from Toronto. So... Uh, Oh, it's it's a I I recommend that book. It's really short. It's it took me like two three days to really get through it, um, and it really I think in a way impacted me, in in the way I think about faith, right? One more, one more. Um, aside from uh, sense of life, uh, I think a a beginner's guide to prayer, uh, by Peter Peter Kreeft. Yes, yes. Uh, I, you know what, um, whenever you, you see a book, whenever you see a book that says beginners and, and, and it, it says, and it says, and it's a Catholic book. No. 
it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. But the thing is, it's understandable and it really gives you an appreciation. You know, and I think that's something that's important, you know, in, in um, pursuing your faith is that, you know, you need to kind of have a better understanding of why you're doing certain things. You have to and question a lot. You have to question and you have to understand. And then, you know, you have to find your own, you know, in terms of like conviction and like your own understanding from the teachings of the church, you know, and yeah, it's true. It takes discipline. It takes discipline, yeah. Till you read a book. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I learned. There's a lot of people who really just give up after they don't know the answer. That's me. I actually have a lot of books that I have not finished. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I have A Map of Life by... Uh, who's the author for that, Nicola? You never finished that? I, I haven't finished it yet. Oh, I finished that one. Uh, who, who wrote it? Oh, never. Uh, Prayer for Beginners by Peter Creep. Prayer for Beginners. Um... Map of Life. Right, I, haven't, I haven't finished that. Um, there's one other one, Rediscover Catholicism. It's a really easy book. If you are starting out with um, uh, the Catholic faith, I think Rediscover Catholicism, I forget. It's a really good book to start with. It talks about the Mass, the Rosary, prayer. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, who was the author for Map of Life? I believe it's Frank Sheed. Frank, Frank Sheed, Sheed, exactly. I have not it's, finished it. It's not the... Easiest person. He's not. It's not easy to read. It's not an easy. Read. It's not. He made. He, he's the one that made me take the the dog thing. <laughs> he's the one that indoctrinated Niccolo to hate dogs. Oh, they don't And he still does. <laughs> but Map of Life. It's a very very tiny book. Mm-hmm. It's so tiny that you'd think that oh, I can finish this in less than like an hour or two mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. It's a complete illusion. <laughs> <laughs> that book is like reading the Bible. It just like takes forever. It's like walking into a tent and it's actually bigger on the inside than it seems. Right? <laughs> so one of those Harry Potter tents. <laughs> it's where the Looney Tunes like Looney Tunes are like here, yeah. I was thinking Adam's family, there was like one episode where they have like a tent and then they walk in. It's and just decked like, out. There's like exactly corridors that. on corridors. It's like exactly stairs. That. I haven't even finished. I haven't even finished The Hobbit. I haven't read <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I've actually read The Lord of the Rings and I've read every Harry Potter book. I've read Harry Potter. Yeah, I don't have the, the, the discipline to just do it. Yeah, I used to like to read a lot of them. I think it was university. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. University killed reading for you, buddy. Yeah. yeah, that shouldn't be the case. <laughs> yeah, but besides, besides, uh, you know, I think uh, the biggest aspect of for for I think for many of us was it, growing in the faith was I think books, right? Mm-hmm. For the discipline involved with books, part of it, right? Partially. When it comes to self control, growing up in the faith how what did you find any challenge in terms of let's you know you from where you were before to where you are now and you know how was that journey um for me i think it was a lot of because for me i i I read a lot when i was young in the faith i guess you could say that um but my challenge was putting what i knew into action um one of the books that i loved reading was uh, mother Teresa's letters um i think like one of the 
like Mother Teresa, she's she she's such a beautiful woman because she's a woman of action, right? And me reading this book, I'm like, wow, like I can't even believe half of the things that she she does, right? Um, like to really serve the poorest of the poor, and it's one thing to read all of these things. It's one thing to to know. But it's another thing to act on what you know and to figure out, okay, Mother Teresa is, you know, a woman of great charity, but what does that mean to me? What does charity mean to me? Or what, what does, you know, what does all of the things that I'm, I'm learning right now mean in my life? Because it's, it's hard to navigate what you know into action, right? So for me, my journey has been really um, taking what I know and okay in this moment this person is right in front of me how can I put what I know and do it and how can I love right now because I, I think that for that for me is my, my daily struggle now so yeah going forward with that it's not just like what you know for myself it's why we know and one of the biggest obstacles for me growing up in the faith is like um I guess similar to Raya is that I was a cradle Catholic. I was born into a Catholic community and I was raised in a certain way, being taught certain things. Um, but it came to a point where I was like, this is even after I joined youth at the age of 15, I think. And I was like, why do we do all this stuff? And to be quite honest, when you grow up, the priest is one of the most intimidating figures in your life, right? And you're like, I don't want to talk to him. You know, he might not have the answer for me. He probably thinks like I'm stupid or something, but um, discipline, really searching it out and really trying to talk to people who know better, right? So that's when um, start asking your chapter heads or your area heads or even older Atis even your parents and then your priests. And from there forward, you're finding different places of knowledge that does not go dry, right? You'll always be learning something else. So overcoming that, I think opened a massive like gaping hole to me actually searching it out for myself. That's when I started reading books. That's when I started reading um, encyclicals. That's when I, so stuff that popes wrote, um, those are encyclicals. And then that's when I started deepening my faith, deepening my relationship with Christ, making it authentic, making it significant. And yeah, from not knowing, ask yourself why, broke the seal, you know, gave, gave myself a little bit of humility, told myself I'm like, I do not know anything and started learning from other people, then started learning for myself. Yeah. Well, I think for me, um, in terms of uh, self-control, it's really uh, giving time for God, you know, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I had, I think, you know, you need, you need to really make that prayer time. You, know, you need to make that time for God. Um, I think the one, one thing that uh, has been even more clear to me now than ever before in my faith is that prayer, prayer is not just a communication with God. It is your relationship with God. And if you don't give that time to that prayer, you know, you don't have that relationship. And, and I remember like, Growing up, there were a lot of things I used up my time on, like anime. Like I remember, there was this one 
um, online game that I was like ridiculously addicted to. I would literally keep playing it until I passed out. And then I would wake up and guess what's the first thing I do? Mm-hmm. I start playing it again. So, you know, I think that, that's a really, and you know, even now, nowadays, like I see, um, I, I, I see youth, like some of the youth, they're playing games so late at night, sometimes even with each other, you know, like these guys, these guys are like have school the next day and, you know, it's not really, you know, you need to have some self-control in terms of, you know, making that time for God and respecting your body as a temple and getting sleep and you know like the thing is uh uh yeah so i think self-control in that way is, is really important okay have you guys any uh, difficulties with with like either what like similar to what nicole said um either that be staying up late playing with your friends or probably uh, let's say school situation friendship situation Family. I mean, who hasn't, right? Right. Because self-control is something that you learn as you get older. Like, and, and speaking from like a developmental perspective too, because, because what I I work with children. I I I'm a behavioral therapist for children with autism, and like speaking from a developmental perspective, the part of our brain that is all about self-control and planning ahead and all of that that's the part of the brain that develops last and you know it's it's kind of it starts happening when you're in your teens doesn't stop developing until you're in your mid-20s like 25 26 even for uh men actually develop this part of the brain later than yay i mean (laughs) you know Self-control, it's something that everyone will struggle with. It's something that you learn. It's a skill. It's a skill that you um, consciously develop. So it's not like it's a natural thing. So if you're out there and you're like, I have no self-control whatsoever, you're not the only one. And I think um, it's like as you kind of get older and you have to you figure out that uh, there's more to life than video games and or any other thing any, you can go to for de-stressing yeah or, you know. yeah you kind of have to learn that you have to balance your life out a little bit more to be a bit healthier and you know function well so i mean how much can you function <laughs> on zero sleep right and i think so, a lot of people complain why is my life so crappy yeah why do i feel so horrible well where is God in my life? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's just a matter of examining your life to, you know, figure out what, like, how much of my time is really going to everything. To add on top, Mariah, um, it also goes forward with our health. Um, so this means, like, psychological, physical, um, spiritual, emotional, like how emotionally healthy are you? Do, do you find yourself happy, more content in more things? How spiritually um, well are you? Do you find that you're always creating more, right? If you are, you're not spiritually content. You have to find more. Um, what else did I say? Spiritual, physical, emotional. There's one other thing. 
mental, mentally, um, if you're, are you mentally um, okay? I mean, by that sense, do, are you, do you have overwhelming stress within you? Are you always overworking yourself? Overworking yourself? Are you fatiguing yourself? That goes towards uh, your mental translates into a physical at some point. Or well, in that sense, it translates to anything actually. Yeah, yeah. it's all one. It's right? all it's one thing. It's not just like you know, you can't compartmentalize your life and be like school is one thing, friends is one thing, and they never touch each other. I I was talking to a uh, a friend today, a sister, and you know. She was sharing, not to divulge anything, but shoot, I, I was sharing with her that, you know, when you make one decision in your life, it affects everything else. You may not see it, but we only have one life, right? There's only one life. It's not like you have a social life and you have a family life. Yeah. It's one. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's all one. And if one part of your life is in excess and you're spending too much time with your friends that means something else is lacking. is lacking so it's it's a process to learn that right it's, a lot of it is also trial and error <laughs> yeah. so as okay so as speaking in the perspective of being in the community as cfc youth what is the ideal that we should be going for ideal. the ideal well you know, I think uh, the ideal we can look towards um, really in terms of what we're advocating, uh, in terms of being 100% Cree, meaning that uh, we do take care of our bodies in the sense that we acknowledge the fact that it's a temple of the Holy Spirit, you know, and that we take care of it um, by eating, like, you know, a whole bunch of things like, you know, like emotional chastity, like eating right, um, Getting sleep, uh, like everything, everything that kind of you know you as a person, you know it's it's not only it's not only oh don't drink, don't smoke, and don't it's it's not only don't drink, don't smoke, and don't uh, do drugs because those are really no no already. <laughs> like well, I know. mean they're they're not actually bad, but but you know it's it's that the excessive behaviors which i mean uh, just to clarify they are not they're not it's not a sin in in the it's eyes of the church. it's not a sin just to clarify but but it's it's the excessive behaviors not saying that oh i do drugs a bit yeah i think that the you know when it comes to first of all why you have to ask yourself why do you turn to mm -hmm. these things because I think that's, if anything, the most important thing you need to ask yourself. Why is there even a need for it? Mm -hmm. um, it's not even because it's not bad, right? But looking at it in a bigger perspective, figure out why. It, as, 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 a, as a society, we never question enough. It's more of just do it because yeah. why not? Right, but then that's where problems happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, when was the last time you thought about your own life? You know, what you were doing? <laughs> what you were doing, like what, what, what you're doing at night? Like, are you playing games or, you know, like what we use our time with? I don't know. <laughs> I think what Nicola was trying to get at is when was the last time you had a real look at your life? Yeah. Right? Is that? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, 
I mean, like, it's, it's a practice, right? It's, again, talking about self-control, talking about self-control, um, le like, learning that you need to reflect on your life and examine, why, why do I do this? Why do I do that? Why? Why? Ask me the question of why. It's important. It goes hand in hand with self-control. Because when you start find, like looking, asking these questions and you find the answers, then you realize what is in excess in your life and what it's actually doing to the rest of your life. Right? Like if, if you never ask yourself, why do I drink so much? Why do I eat so much? Why do I play all of these games to the point where I have to pass out because I, I can't go any further? Um, when you start asking yourself why, then you realize, oh, well, there's something that I want to fill up in my life. There's a gap somewhere that, you know, maybe I could let God in a bit more. So it's, it's just about ask the question, why? Don't be afraid of the answer because everybody has a gaping hole in their hearts. Everyone has some sort of emptiness, right? Don't be afraid of it because, you know, God will be there. God will be there. And I think it's just, it's, it's also a practice of brave, like being brave about facing yourself because a lot of people won't. Being honest. Yeah. You know, like people won't be honest with themselves because it's scary to really know, to try to try to figure out who you really are. It's part of my, I guess, my own perspective and like my philosophy, I guess, is that everything that, that happens in your life, all of your personal relationships with your family, your friends, yourself, it's all just a reflection of um, your relationship with God, right? Like if, if, you know, if you're addicted to food or games or fill in the blank, um, it speaks a lot about, you know, what state you are with God. Because if there's some sort of emptiness going on and you're trying to fill it with all of these like material things, it just says that you haven't really come to terms with with who God is in your life. And, you know, we all have our own little addictions. Mine is coffee. Everybody knows that one. Um, you know, everybody has little ways of filling in the, that emptiness. But I think it always has to come back to God. Where are you in your relationship with God? Yeah. 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 I like chocolate. A lot. I think relating to that protein, um, protein weight. <laughs> actually, I was actually gonna talk about something related to that. Um, I don't know if you guys, you guys probably haven't read it. Um, it was on the TNC blog, uh, the True North Missionaries blog, which is www.truenorthmissionaries.ca. Okay. Um, one of the, I called it cutting season. Okay. So in physical terms. Um, reducing your muscles, getting a better tone, looking better, right? Or reducing fat, whatever it may be, making yourself look better with better shape and better tone, right? Relating that towards Christ, cutting season. Um, at that state of my life, I found myself, I was needing something. I had to cut something out to make more for something else, right? At that point, I realized that I was doing too much video games. I was doing... Um, I was spending, I was actually spending a lot of time outside of the house, hanging out with youth, calling it a youth event, and really it was, it's not. Um, it was really, it was a malpractice on my part. 
Um, don't do that. <laughs> but really, at that point in my life, uh, I really need to taking a good look at yourself and who you are, right? You realize the person you are isn't the person God called you to be. If you guys saw the, um, the skit guys, they did the, uh, the yeah, the chisel. God's chisel thing. That really hit me at that point. I saw that ages before I even thought about that. Then I thought about it like, man, I am not the guy that God called me to be at that point. And that's when cutting season began. And it just so happens we start doing life. So <laughs> going forward, right? It wasn't so much, well, it was a God-shaped hole in my heart, but it was also um, God's image wasn't fully revealed in me, right? And that's where the self-discipline came in. And that's when I realized I have to be the man who God called me to be. In retrospect, to be more like Christ, we need self-control and discipline. And that is why we really advocate 100% free in the community, right? Especially as youth, we struggle with self-control and discipline. And how can we get to where we need to be if we don't have self-control and discipline? That is what 100% free is advocating. Nothing more, nothing else, right? Um, so wrapping up, uh, you know, <laughs> looking at it as a whole, how we got to self-control and discipline, Three Kings, Santa Claus, <laughs> Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas Saint right? Nicholas. You know, these guys, you know, as, as, as cliche, um, they have become as symbols, right? Um, looking at it in a deeper sense, really seeing them as examples of self-control and discipline. More so the three kings or the, the, the struggles rather than Saint Nicholas, right? Just to show you even a saint struggles, but that's the whole point of a saint is that a saint struggles, right? Um, you know, as examples of self-control and discipline, um, you know, it's an affirmation that we really do have to take into consideration that we are called to something greater, right? Um, and it's, you know, if, if for us as youth, either that be sacrificing some time, playing some games, going to sleep early, cutting down on what you're eating, on those calories, but regardless, um, whatever it may be, um, you know, we could all use self-control and discipline, right? Um, and with that, uh, I'd like to thank you guys for listening in on this episode of the Ignitecast. Um, I'd like to thank Raya. I'd like to thank Nate. And that's it. <laughs> You're always here! I'm a regular. It's all good. I, I hope that we can do another one um, with you guys. You guys are amazing. And thank you guys for listening again. Um, this is Martin. Uh, and this is the Ignitecast. Niccolo, can you close us off? Of course. All right, so let's acknowledge the presence of our Lord and the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Lord God, we praise you and we thank you for tonight, Lord God, just allowing us to um, have this conversation, have this ignite guest, Lord God. Uh, Lord God, thank you for just revealing to us um, how to love you more, Lord God, in a sense of um, uh, in a sense of denying ourselves. And Lord God, we just um, ask that you uh, guide us in our lives, in our journey towards you, Lord God. Uh, to always have that discipline and always to have that self-control uh, to choose you aside from everything else in this life that may confuse us or 
uh, might lead us astray, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for everything because you are everything to us, Lord God. We just ask um, that you be with us every single moment of our lives. Because we ask your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.